The Ambitious Mum Podcast. Different women, different lives, different ambitions. I'm Kate Moore Youssef, and every week I'll be having honest conversations about ambition. If I couldn't fail and I was living without this limiting belief, what would life look like? Motherhood. What strengths have we inherited from our mothers? And everything in between. We'll explore how their ambitions and careers have evolved while being a parent, and I'll be digging deep, acknowledging the taboos, the sacrifices, and the sheer grit and perseverance working mums don't talk about. We are so scared to stay stuck, yet we are so scared to move forward and play it big and go, this is what I want, and I'm going to have the family, but I'm going to do the career too. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Ambitious Mum podcast. Today's episode is a really interesting one with Heather Sharples. Now, Heather is a coach, but she is amazing at what she does because I think what she provides is a service that most of us need but don't realise that we do. So she helps women break the cycle of inherited beliefs and to help heals us and connects us back to our authentic selves. So what she does is ancestral healing. Now, it's only recently I've really understood about these ancestral cycles that we all have, whether that is drinking or low self-worth, it could be being in abusive relationships and we just see the same cycle over and over again. And she helps us to sort of unravel all of these inherited beliefs, understand where they come from and helps us put ourselves back together in the most authentic way. So this is all about healing the the mother wound, really going back to, to many different generations and understanding that we have evolved, that we don't need to pick up the same practices that we saw with our grandmother, great grandmother, mothers. We talk about codependency and we talk about the inherited beliefs and trauma that even though we haven't experienced it, possibly our mother or grandmother has and how that is actually inherited within ourselves as well. So it's a really fascinating conversation. And so here it is. Here's my conversation with Heather Sharples. I really hope you enjoy it and find benefit. And obviously, as always, please do join in the conversation. Join me on the Facebook group, the Ambitious Mums Wellbeing Chat, or just leave a comment on Instagram because I think this one will resonate with a lot of you out there and perhaps potentially bring up some things that you didn't know were there but now kind of make sense. It definitely helped me having this conversation with Heather, so I really hope you enjoy it. Here it is. So I'm so excited. We've got Heather Sharples here and I've known Heather for a little while now. We've done some sort of similar courses and workshops together and we've been trying to get this in the diary for a long time, this podcast conversation. Heather is a spiritual and mindset coach and you help women drop, I'd say, inherited beliefs trauma cycles that have been holding them back for a long time that have sort of kept them stuck would you say kept them stuck from thriving and not being able to actually um do what they want to do tell me how yeah. how you help women so it came about I started my own journey about 10 years ago and I had no idea where to start but I knew that there was something blocking me I knew that I was stuck in a pattern And it got to the point where I was really, really frustrated and just constantly stuck. And I'd start seeing these patterns 
arise sort of like the same old toxic patterns in relationships or within my career or within a business that I wanted to start and I just got so frustrated and so down about these repeated cycles and negative narratives and behaviors and I thought this can't just be where did this start how did this come about where is this all coming from there's got to be more behind this and it wasn't until I, I saw my first spiritual coach myself, and this is way back now, like probably more than 10 years ago now, that she just asked me a very simple question. She said, can I ask you about your parents? And all of a sudden, it was like Pandora's box just opened and a stream of possibilities and, and answers just came unfolding out and there's a lot more to that than meets the eye because there's different stages to this kind of healing and and breaking cycles of those inherited beliefs because where we think when we first discover those answers and we think oh it started with my parents or my primary caregivers because our parents aren't always our primary caregivers in some cases but actually when I do the work that I do with my clients it didn't necessarily start with their parents either It could have started generations back. And when we look at the evidence now that we've got, actually, it shows that our inherited beliefs and trauma and systems, sort of these belief systems that are set up in us, they can date back as far as seven generations. Wow. How many years is that? Yeah. Well, that's what I was coming to. I was like, (laughs) I'm I'm not a mathematician, I'm a coach, but I think that's around... I think we're looking almost to the 200 year mark. Yeah, yeah that's what I almost thought. To the 200 wow. year mark. That is crazy. I mean, I know there's a whole theory and, you know, it's science based of epigenetics that we do carry, we do carry this through our genes. But to know that it goes back seven generations, um, that's crazy, isn't it? Could you give an example of what could run through the generations for that long? Oh gosh, yeah, absolutely. The most common ones that I see, obviously, it's women that I coach, and it's that that power and that knowing that we've got inside of us when we connect to whatever you want to call it, whether you want to call it source, whether you want to call it soul, whether you want to call it your spirit, whether we want to call it your intuition. We have all got that in us, but somehow, just gets played so small. And it's that wounded inner child, another subject that I'll probably cover with you later on, but it's that plain small part that gets passed on from beliefs such as having a caregiver that is emotionally unavailable. That's all it needs to start with, a parent or a caregiver that is emotionally unavailable to meet our needs because there might be other things going on. So if we look at what has happened in the last 200 years, so that's you know possibly seven or eight generations, we've got war, we've got famine, we've got oppression of of different backgrounds. So for example, we could look at women and we could look at what we've been through to get where we are today and still are fighting and still are doing some of that work to step into our power. But if we look at that of our certainly the matrilineal lines, that's absolutely shows up for us nowadays because we are so scared to stay stuck, yet we are so scared to move forward and play it big and go this is what I want and I'm going to have the family but I'm going to do the career too and I'm going to have the business or I'm going to build my dream life and we're 
absolutely petrified of showing up as that person and that is absolutely something that's very very embedded into us very embedded into us and something that I've experienced for a very long time and I still some weeks I have to work at it a little bit some weeks I have to work at it a lot sometimes I have to work at it every day and sometimes sometimes I want to hide under my duvet and not come out because these beliefs are coming up for me and they're very very embedded and they can take a long time to release and we need to create a safe space with somebody to be able to do that which is what I do I create a safe space for people to to move forward from these beliefs so I think just sort of taking a few steps back we can want to have all of this like the the happy relationships and the successful careers and all of that but a lot of people don't want to do that inner work they don't want to do that healing because maybe they're not aware enough to know that they need to do it there may be a a limiting belief there that thinks well everyone suffers why am I any different why do I need to go there or do you think that perhaps it's fear fear of what's going to come up and knowing that it's, it's a big there's a big thing there you know I was talking to a friend recently and she had a lot of childhood trauma and she said I've not accessed it I've not gone there because I know how difficult it is still for me to go there and to do the work but she knows she's being held back she knows she's being limited in certain ways because that trauma hasn't been cleared but she is too she's just too fearful of going there how do we create this balance between creating awareness and then also making that first step into self-healing I mean that's uh, like a huge uh, probably something that I could talk about in one session (laughs) Um, but it's something that I'm really glad you've asked because it's really important and it's first and foremost like I finished off in the last uh, very very briefly in the last question it's creating a safe space the first step to healing and to bringing that self-awareness in and exploring our limiting beliefs is creating a safe space and there's very traditional ways of going about this there's a belief that we have to unpack every single little bit of our trauma that we have to like you were saying about your friend that you know let's use that as an example um I'm quite fearful of going back and looking into my trauma and and my mum is exactly the same although by me showing up and doing this work and me talking to her about it, not necessarily giving advice, just talking to her about it, it's in, it's made a safe space for her because I'm sharing mine. That's created a safe space for her. She's been able to delve into that and she's been able to do that too. So it rubs off not just on us, but it rubs off on you know everybody on our lineage, everybody around us. But going back to, to the question, it's first and foremost creating a, a safe space. Where do I feel safe? Who do I feel safe talking to? What would that space look like if I could start looking at these limiting beliefs or if I could start exploring where this came from? What would that safe space look like? It could be talking to a coach or it could be talking to a therapist or it could be, you know, a coach or a therapist combined, uh, which is a little bit about what I do. So I work with NLP, CBT and life coaching. So it kind of brings it all together really or it could be in your own time it could be journaling and looking at some journal prompts for you so for example I'm trying to think of of a journal prompt that you could use now it could be if I couldn't fail and I was living without this limiting belief if this limiting belief didn't exist in me 
what would life look like and then try and visualize that try and visualize it how does it feel what does it look like how even your physical body how does your physical body feel in that moment and you might find that it's less tense maybe we look more colorful maybe we look more brighter and try and write that down and then know where the changes are and then look at where you can implement them changes right now so you can see how we move away from talking to somebody about all our trauma and what happened to us yes that is absolutely an option we can totally do that we can we can express that and by giving it a voice it also brings self-awareness to us but if we don't want to go down that route there are definitely which is quite a traditional route there are definitely routes that we can go down to explore those limiting beliefs where we don't have to you know sort of this big suitcase of trauma that we're carrying around we don't have to open it and unpack it and look at all the scary things inside which I think is a very big like belief especially in, in coaching and therapy and it's quite it's getting quite outdated now that we have to do that but we don't we can just explore and be really curious and actually we can make that almost fun we can make it curious like oh wow what would life look like if if I were to live without the belief that I was not worthy of that job or that promotion or that relationship or that family balance of work free time yeah. what would it look like okay so how then could I implement that there's so many ways that we can that we can look at it. It is fascinating because you're right. That fear of having to go down that route of unpacking your whole life is is terrifying and very overwhelming, especially if lots of mini traumas have happened to you throughout your life and you kind of think, well, where do I start? And we do this with EFT and tapping that we don't unpack everything. And we literally just take one aspect, one thing, and that typically goes back to an inherited belief, some form of childhood cycle that might have happened that we might have witnessed or heard. And we try and break that down to see if there's going to have an impact in in our day-to-day life in the present. And we don't have to go to absolutely every single trauma that we've dealt with. So I just wanted to interrupt today's episode to tell you about a new event that's happening on the 20th of July. And if you're listening to this Ambitious Mum episode, you're most likely to be a mum. And as a parent, I'm sure you can resonate with the feelings of helplessness if you do have a child that suffers from anxiety. Whether they are four or 14, it feels awful to witness what they're going through, especially if you are prone to anxiety yourself and you know how they feel. And as a mum of four kids, aged between six and nearly 16, I have one especially who is quite emotional and she shares her anxious thoughts with me. And I really do recognise them well. I was a very similar child and also as a grown-up until not that long ago. My anxiety was actually one of the main reasons why I chose to retrain as a wellbeing coach and then in emotional freedom technique, which is also known as EFT or tapping. You might have heard me talk about that. And I now feel so much more confident in my tools to combat my own anxiety as well as for others. And this has been a massive gift in my life and I really want to share this with you. So during this workshop, which is on the 20th of July, I'll be teaching you as adults to empower your kids with new techniques such as the tapping, maybe trying effective breathing exercises, learning which essential oils to use, adopting certain yoga positions before bedtime and other really easy and practical lifestyle interventions 
to help bring in more calm and more balance in our daily lives and obviously to reduce the stress and anxiety that goes with that. So for all the details, head to my website, which is coachingbykate.me.uk or this episode show notes or go to my Instagram bio, which is also coachingbykate and that will have the link to buy tickets. I've tried to make this workshop as accessible as possible, especially as the summer holidays are approaching at the price of £28.50, as I believe that every parent really does deserve to have these concepts in their parenting toolkit. You'll have a lifetime access to the workshop and I'll provide a worksheet which you can print off and keep. Really hope to see you there. And now back to this week's episode. What I'd like to touch on is, I know we sort of talked about ancestral healing, but just going a little bit deeper with the, the mother wound. And this is quite you know, it's quite a big conversation, but obviously this is this podcast is about motherhood, it's about ambition, well-being, it's about harnessing what we want out of life, whatever way that looks for us. So you one person can be ambitious about their career, another person can be ambitious about finding a relationship or seeking more healthier way to live or more spirituality. The ambition is there for for everyone to sort of take on their own, whatever it looks like for them. When we come to this word, the mother wound, and it is upsetting because we're all mothers trying to do the best that we can. And yeah, we know that most mothers are doing that. You know, we're trying to do the best we can with the resources we've got. And definitely back in the day, you know, several generations ago, they don't have the knowledge, they don't have the insights or the, the platforms, all the different things. But how do we, as mothers now, protect our children from having a mother wound? And how how does it show up in, in our lives? Like now, you know, I'm in the age of 40. How do I know if I've got a mother wound? So the mother, and I've just, I've, I've done a workshop on the mother wound. And if anybody listening to this wants to delve into that a little bit more, that is a free workshop. But the mother wound shows up in, in many, many different ways and there are four planes to the mother wound so there is the collective mother wound that is sort of those patriarchal beliefs that are still around us and that are passed down in the world um so sort of you know if we think about the beliefs of um i can't have the family and the career it's that sort of belief that you know we can't do everything and then we have the planetary the planetary plane, so the mother wound on a planetary level, is how we're we looking after our Mother Earth. And then we have probably what you're directing more towards to is the mother wound on a personal level. And it's the pain of mothers emotionally passed down in the matrilineal lines from generation to generation. And it shows up, I think one of the biggest ways it shows up is self-sabotage and it you know that word as soon as you said mother wounds just came to me straight away it's self-sabotage it's I am not worthy I am not deserving of this and we constantly follow self-sabotaging behaviors such as it can be procrastination it could be letting those limiting beliefs get into the driver's seat and letting them take over like when they say oh I can't do this what if I what if it fails and then letting them get into the driver's seat and take over and throwing the towel in on all our hopes and dreams so what happens with the mother wound is when we are born and this is another I am 
a spiritual coach, but I love the science. I absolutely love the science side of coaching. You know, I'm a bit obsessive. I do, you know, I'm constantly studying. I don't think there's been a gap in years now where I've not studied something. I think it's probably been a matter of weeks. Um, But what happens is when we are born, we are biologically programmed to need our mother's approval for survival. Now, let's say we are born into a family where our mother is emotionally unavailable because she herself or they themselves are carrying around emotional trauma or feelings of abandonment or attachment disorders. That then shows up to us as they are not emotionally available to meet our needs. So then we feel neglected, we feel abandoned, and then we grow up with those attachments of you know fear of rejection abandonment we abandon ourselves for love so we will maybe it shows up in relationships as a one that's certainly shown up for me is abandoning ourselves in need of approval from others so it might show up as a people pleaser it might show up as needing that seeking approval constantly from a partner to make sure that We feel secure and we feel like, oh, if I do this X, Y and Z, my partner won't leave me or I won't feel rejected. I need to seek approval constantly. And that's also one of the biggest ones, the biggest places it shows up. And again, that's a form of self-abandonment and self-sabotage because we're abandoning all our needs for that other person to feel accepted. So it's starting to look at, you know, our relationship with ourselves and recognising those patterns when they come up and healing them so that we then don't pass them on to the next generation. But I think something that I really want to mention is that if you are currently someone who's going through this healing process, you have children and you are self-aware and working on those beliefs, do not feel guilty and think oh my gosh yes I do recognize this and I I feel like I'm going to pass this on to my children now you are working every single day even when you don't feel like doing the work and you don't do it that's showing up as rest it's showing up as letting yourself be the observer instead of the judger instead of judging yourself you are doing extraordinary work you are healing not just your children but the lineage before you that will come after your children and after their children and their children and also if people believe in this and you know it varies from person to person you also heal the people that have passed too so when we have unwell ancestors that have passed that can still affect us their unwell voices live with us because they are passed down from generation to generation so spiritually and biologically they are passed down and we still live with that unwell voice of oh, I can't do this, or I'm no good with finances, or I'll never find a partner, or attaching ourselves to a toxic or an abusive partner, that can definitely show up. The mother wound is definitely a complex um, topic, but it's one that I love talking about. I think that's that's really powerful, isn't it? I mean, I got goosebumps when you said to me that we are healing, you know, our past ancestors and future generations. And to know that like you say, you're doing this work, however it looks like, to make sure that your kids will feel a little lighter and then their kids will feel a little lighter. But I feel that we also, I need to, I don't know if this is the slightly cynical part of me, but I do feel that no matter what we do, 
we sort of tend to mess up our kids a tiny little bit but I just wonder if that is just life in general that we have to do humans we have to do some work on ourselves and we have to we either choose the awareness and we choose that kind of like being in an awakened state otherwise we will just like you say replicate generation after generation and like you say you know seven generations later and the women are still dealing with the same stuff they did you know 200 years ago and it's really powerful isn't it it's like oh my god I mean I've got three daughters myself and my mum is one of two girls and my and I've got a grandma obviously and we come from a, a long lineage of strong women and and I know that I'm raising strong girls and I'm interested to know that I I, I hope and I sometimes my mum listens to this podcast but I don't think she'll mind me saying that you know there's certain things that she might have done when I was growing up that um, maybe weren't the best choices and yes. I I hope I am learning from that and the choices that she's now making that maybe I hope I'm modeling for my daughters, but I know my kids <laughs> do <laughs> laugh at me and they do kind of go, oh, mum, you're, you're so neurotic or mum, you're so stressy or mum, you stop trying to force me to eat healthy food and all the things that mums just do because we care, but the caring yeah. comes out sometimes in the wrong way. And, you know, when you see like very codependent relationships where the care is coming out the wrong way and you can drive yourself a bit mad as a mum because you do want to do the best. So when you're doing this healing and you're unraveling these inherited beliefs and, and looking at the cycles, how can we do this? And I think you you answered the question before is like do it without judgment. Yeah. It, it's kind of that very fine balance, isn't it? Of Yeah. It's, keeping your head on and, yeah. and not being going down a very judgmental route isn't it and absolutely 100 percent. it's that it's that judgment and know that if your children could look back I mean I suppose one way of looking at it is so uh, my mom and even if she listened to this she would be very happy and, and open to talk about some of this so it didn't start with my mum. It started with disassociation between my grandma and and my mum. And what happens is that kind of that kind of gets passed down, and we focus on what we don't want to pass on. But a good thing to look at, and, and a good contrast, and you know, sort of a good coaching technique and that we use is, is contrast. What strengths have we inherited? from our mothers so my mum was extremely wrapped up in her in her trauma when she was growing up and at first I was I was angry because I felt obviously I felt like someone had abandoned me and not tended to my needs but now I'm extremely compassionate towards that we have the most open conversations between two people in our family like the most open conversations ever and it's so powerful she wrote me a letter that had dated back around to the early 18th century and she'd looked into all our possible traumas. She just did that because we've been having open conversations. We didn't sit down and have a big, you know, ceremony or coaching session together. We just shared things. And look at our look at the strengths that are that our mothers, as well as just looking at what we've inherited as in what we want to change and what we don't want to pass on look at their strengths too and that helps us switch things up that helps us look at things as okay not only am I like you said yourself I'm a 
I come from a lineage of extremely strong women. Like what strength? So my mum in her 40s um, did a master's degree, had three children, two of which had additional needs. And she also lost a child whilst going through all this inherited trauma. She is one of the most resilient people. I I know she really is. So that's where I've inherited resilience from, from my mum. It could be that when we're looking at, oh, is it my inherited beliefs or am I just being human? Like when we do all those things that you said, like, you know, we're just being a mum, we're just being human. Yeah, of course, we're just being human and we inherit strengths from our mothers as well. And of course, we need that safe space to just be able to be us as well. And we can also turn it around and think of we're just being we're just being a mum. We're just being humans and, and showing up as ourselves. And we're actually teaching our children that it's OK to just show up. It's OK to express your authentic self, because if we're judging of ourselves, I think it all this all comes back down to the judgment because if we're constantly judging ourselves our children can't differentiate between that being true or not true because they're kind of when we're children we're in a state of hypnosis so our brains are in that theta brainwave state and they just take on everything as it is so when we are children everything is as it is if our parents are arguing constantly and we see that or maybe they're emotionally or physically abusive then we watch that and we see, okay, that's how relationships are. We literally cannot differentiate. And when you show up as your authentic self going, come on, eat your greens. Come on, we're going out for a walk today to get outside in the fresh air instead of sitting on your computer games all day. <laughs> just... Have you been, have you been uh, eavesdropping my house? <laughs> no, you know, we've been in lockdown and we've been doing that, you know, that tedious daily walk during the winter. And it's, oh, you know what it's like. And, and a lot of your listeners, I'm sure, know what it's like doing the the dreaded daily walk where every, you know, we're all on furlough. We're all, none of us are going to school. Let's go on our daily walk. And the kids are like, oh. And, they, you know, they have tantrums about putting the coats on, you know, and, and all that stuff. But that's just us. That's just us being human. I am a human being having this experience and just coming to that and, and being fun, being fun with it as well. Like, thinking, oh, what did my mum used to do when I was younger? You know, um, like saying, you know, come on, eat your greens. You're not getting down to eat them all kind of thing. It's just that care inside of us. It's It's that primal. It's that primal instinct as well. We're just being human. I think it's interesting because, you know, we can spend quite a lot of our life, whether we've had an amazing mum or not, trying to be our own person, trying to be the mum that we want to be. Yeah. But inevitably, I mean, I know I do. I, I say things that my mum used to say, good or bad. Um, I do things that I remember her doing. Um, and it is very much sort of like modelled, you know, like you say, if you sort of children see abuse and um, anger and arguments, they model it because the behaviour is what they see and that's what they believe is their reality. And so I think we can be a little bit quick to be like, no, no, I'm not going to do anything my mother did. I'm going to do everything yeah. correctly and um, I'm going to disregard everything she did. But it is inherited within us. So, and it's okay, isn't it? It's okay to to do things that maybe you kind of go, oh my God, my mum used to do that and now I'm doing it. But I think to have the awareness of it 
then means that we've got that moment that we if we want we can pause and we can just take a breath and go Mm-mm, that's not what I want to be saying to my kids and that's what used to upset me yeah let's take a breath and let's let's re you know reconfigure that conversation um, and I, I know that I've been trying to do that a lot recently like I've, I've reacted as all humans do um and I've got triggered I've got pushed especially like you say over this year and words have come out of my mouth that I didn't want to say but it's it's just it's just a matter of just taking that breath isn't it and, and going okay how do I want to show up not like this let's start again and then at least we're modeling to our kids. I hope that it's, that's normal. It's okay to be like that. It's, it's, yeah, absolutely. And and it, this is something that I've been through as well with healing my own, um, you know, ancestral lineage and healing the mother wound and, and showing up, um, you know, building a business, which is something else that I, I help women with because it can be quite daunting to, you know, show up as yourself. And again, um, this comes back to family life as well. Um, so when you're, what happens is when we show up in that reactive state, we're showing up because we feel like our needs aren't me- being met. Like my kids aren't listening to me. They're not doing as I'm told. I need to do X, Y, and Z. I still haven't done this email for this client. And the nearest thing to us are our children. We, we kind of, we can go react and go, oh, will you just listen to me. And sometimes that can come out as quite angry and quite frustrated and it's about that aftermath as well like having that conversation with your children I mean sometimes I get frustrated and um you know Fred's only a toddler and I go oh Fred just listen to me and I think hang on a minute he's a toddler and I'll have that conversation with him even though he's only a toddler and say um you know oh mummy was um a bit busy before um, and mummy was feeling a bit stressed and sometimes we can get a bit upset so I'm sorry for getting um sorry for being upset with you shall we go and do um x y and z or would you like a cuddle and I'll I'll wait for him to see if he he wants a cuddle and I'll you know um I don't really shout I just get I just get frustrated and Mm. I think that's something that is very very taboo to talk about in motherhood isn't it of you know shouting or getting frustrated or losing our cool and you know I can feel it in me coming up now I'm like getting a bit hot and I feel a bit oof talking about it but that's because I've been conditioned to see that as that's that's really really bad don't ever do that don't do anything wrong you know mm. but yeah I think it's it's learning that how to deal with that afterwards like and not it's coming back to that judgment again like we can get stuck in oh my god I must be the worst mum ever now I must be absolutely terrible that's because we care so much we'd go into that because we care so much and I think a good question if you're finding yourself in these moments a lot so if you're finding yourself reacting and getting frustrated it might be it might be that we need to look at where our needs aren't being met by ourselves so look at where our needs aren't being met are we trying to do every single chore and job in the house or with the children or in our career what can we delegate to other people like can we ask for help somewhere can we delegate jobs out do we have a schedule can we look at setting our intentions for the day? Whatever that may look like, you might not have time in the morning. I sometimes can't set intentions every single day because sometimes Fred wakes up quite early and I have to hop to it, you know, get out of bed quickly and, and get him out of bed and then that's it. I don't have any time um, unless he naps. Um, so it's looking at what works for you and working out where your needs aren't being met 
by ourselves um, so is that that you're not having enough time for yourself and um, to wind down and I mean to really wind down like just stopping and maybe just reading a book or even just sitting and just being and just breathing and that's really really important and that's where a lot of our anger and frustration comes from we voice it because our needs aren't being met but it's also actually really important to know that it's good for frustration to come up sometimes in some cases not all the time but in some cases because it's a voice telling us that we need to readjust somewhere and if we internalize that if we internalize all that stuff all that frustration that's when it can get extremely unhealthy because we internalize it and we let it build and build and build up and it can wreak havoc on like trauma can it wreaks havoc on our physical bodies it sends us into consistent fight or flight mode and when we're in fight or flight mode what do we do we react constantly so it's calming the nervous system what does that look like for you so if you're reacting a lot it's learning to and um, calm the nervous system so it might be breath work it could be yoga it could be reading it could be spending time with a loved one it could be even spending time with your children and exploring your own inner child what are they doing are they you know exploring in the garden go and explore with them like go and find little uh, bugs in crevices and pick the, all the flowers with them and plant things with them be the child with them you know get that's really get down on yeah just going back to that is like we and again we may have seen our mothers or grandmothers almost become like martyrs to motherhood and it's very much like it's either you're a martyr and you have to give everything up in your whole life and and then you just kind of breed resentment you know the house just like stinks of resentment and you can feel that energy when you walk into a house and and I remember a house like that and I remember walking into the house and um, the mum would be constantly in the kitchen and the house would be beautiful and the food would be beautiful but there was this like very strong whiff of just martyrdom that she felt like she hadn't had a life like you know she hadn't fulfilled herself and you know, the kids feed off that, you know, families feed off that, you know, the marriage dissolved, the kids in their own different ways, you know, have had to deal with that. And so I feel like, I feel like we have to be aware of when we're feeling resentful and frustrated and, and when we are feeling like a martyr. And and I definitely had moments of that, you know, my, my eldest is 15 now, so I've been a mum for 15 years and, you know, looking at the sort of the cycle of, having my kids and loving it for a few years and then feeling like I I wasn't being able to tune into my own needs and creativity and and ambitions. Hence the reason why one of the reasons why I started this podcast was this exploration of being an ambitious mother. Yeah. Because you can fall down that trap of being a martyr. And I can imagine that has huge lineage, hasn't it? Because if you've been brought up by a mother that is resentful yeah you're gonna then be resentful and and it's and it's it's not a healthy place to be is it it's really not no and martyrdom is is extremely sad and it it brings feelings of, of great sadness to me because I I remember watching my mum growing up and she was constantly in this self-sabotage mother wound sort of martyrdom type cycle and 
she's breaking that now. I don't think she's even realises. I said this to her the other day. I don't think you realise how strong you are. And I don't think you realise that you were actually the first cycle breaker. Because if it wasn't for your you voicing that frustration and that resentment, I wouldn't have then realised that that's what needs a course correction. Um, but going back to the martyrdom, yeah, it's it's extremely sad to watch a mother. One of the, I think one of the saddest things to watch in life is to watch a mother that doesn't love, that doesn't you know love herself. Um, it's 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 really really sad um, to watch that. And I guess it's, but also not stepping into their power and their voice and being authentic yeah. and yeah, feeling feeling like they've been held back but they're the ones that have sort of held themselves back because of potentially sort of community, societal conditioning. And, and we see that a lot in lots of different communities, um, you know, especially sort of, I mean, I, I grew up in the Jewish community and I've mentioned this before on the podcast that there are societal roles for Jewish women that career isn't, you know, up there and, and, and maybe sort of, you know, things are changing and evolving. I do believe that. But um, historically, you know, women were the homemakers. Women were the, the ones that were, were having lots of children, especially in the more sort of religious communities. Um, and, you know, our voice wasn't heard. Our, um, we, were, we were deemed the less important sex in certain ways. Um, obviously, always honoured in, in, in our religion, but because if we're not fulfilling ourselves from um, whether we're artists or writers or we've got career ideas, you know, we, we've, we've got ambitions. If that's being thwarted and that's being like held back, the only feeling that comes up is that resentment, which then has a massive sort of detrimental impact on the family and, the, and a relationship. And, and I think it's a very hard cycle to break. And I was very conscious of that. And I was very conscious that if I didn't break it and I didn't go towards what I knew I wanted, which was a new career, um, hence the reason why I, I retrained and needed to, to just step into my own place and not just be Kate the mum. I wanted to just be, I wanted to be myself. And I'm so much happier, more confident. I feel so much more just honest about myself and holding in honesty and I think repressing what you said before is internalizing yes so much is like poison for our bodies where you we can become physically ill it's the stress and and you know I think it's this is just painting the bigger picture of what ancestral healing is yeah I think there's a lot of women out there that have maybe been chronically depressed and they thought maybe it's just to do with you know, environmental issues, but actually is a huge suppression and internalization of maybe a huge amount of ancestral healing that needs doing. Do you see that with your clients that they come to you and they feel like they are depressed, but you realize that there's ancestral healing? Yeah, 100%. That's, I mean, I was treated for, for depression from my late teens. I was just sent to the GP, but it wasn't it wasn't that at all and I'm not dismissing that sometimes yes of course um it can be depression but on the when we look at it on the flip side too there can also be elements of these inherited beliefs are showing up and they look like they can look like depression and they can mimic depression when actually we're suppressing and internalizing inherited trauma and beliefs and and, and trauma is you know 
shows up wow in in so many ways we play small we are more susceptible to to depression to anxiety is probably the biggest the biggest thing that I see is that anxiety and it's because um and going back to that fight or flight mode state when we're constantly in a state of fight or flight mode and that's a lot of what trauma does to us we're constantly on edge we become sort of like hyper vigilant we're constantly waiting for the next thing to happen to us life is constantly happening to us not for us and we're constantly in a state of awareness it's sort of like this high our brain's like hyper arousal by um the next you know bad thing to happen to us because when we grew up or our trauma that was passed on to us they were having to wait for that those ancestors or the trauma that was passed on they were constantly having to wait for something to happen because they went through that trauma and they went through maybe abuse or emotional neglect and that puts us into that fight or flight mode um so so yeah it, it definitely can show up as you know as depression or anxiety um when what we really need to do is look at the inherited beliefs and the inherited trauma and inherited feelings and cycles that have been passed down to us and, and start looking at them and start breaking them down really, really slowly and really gently. Um, for some people going in and doing just a session of, so I do a lot of inner child healing sessions, that can be really, really good to move people forward. And some people have one session and feel like they can, you know, they can handle things. Some people need a, a you know, sessions um fortnightly for um, a longer period of time so it varies from person to person and um, but once we become self-aware that's when we can start breaking up those symptoms and those beliefs that have been passed down and start healing not just ourselves spiritually but the physical body the spiritual body and our, our conscious and subconscious mind too oh my gosh I yeah it's so it's so profound isn't it I think to be able to give people this information is is really so important because like you say it's not just healing our sort of spiritual like our soul it's you know if people are suffering from like chronic conditions or autoimmune issues I mean I read a lot about how it is our suppressed trauma that creates a lot of illness and um, oh, long, true, yeah. yeah, long-standing illness. So to to have this at our disposal, to know that there are options, especially if you don't want to kind of keep going down this, taking lots of medication, that maybe it's worth exploring maybe some unhealed trauma or unhealed cycles. Yeah. How can you can you tell people how they can get in touch with you? How they can if they wanted to work with you? Is it workshops, one to one? Is it course? Um, how how can people get in touch with you if they're feeling like they need to do a bit of healing? So at the minute, we're actually going through um, a really, really exciting um, brand transition. So the website is www.byheather.co.uk and there is everything on there. So there's all my all my one-to-one packages. I currently only do one-to-one, but there will be group courses coming up later on in the year. But I do monthly workshops as well. So every month I pick a topic that's to do with the topics that we've discussed today, there's so many, but I will, from sort of that umbrella of ancestral hearing, healing and inherited beliefs, whether that could be healing them as a mother and um, how they show up in our business and um, how they show up in us spiritually and physically and how those 
you know, spiritual and physical bodies are connected. I'll choose a topic every month and it's usually around the full moon or the new moon. So it's just really, really nice to connect to those cyclical rituals. And it's just a really nice, gentle way of even if you are not a spiritual person, the journal prompts that come with following the, the lunar cycles and those cyclical cycles are, are beautiful. They are really, really nice. And it's a really, really gentle way of, of doing it as well. So monthly, yes, there will be workshops that will be done in groups. Um, and I always kind of limit the number of people as well so that there's always a nice small group. It's quite a safe space to come to. And on the other hand, like I said, there's the one-to-one um, coaching and you can go on my Instagram as well which is just underscore by underscore Heather so it's just by Heather and you can connect with me on there as well fantastic and I know we've got plans hopefully to do a little workshop together as yeah, well which I'm fantastic. yeah I'm really excited about that because I think there's a huge crossover in what in what we do and um and I think sort of just from a very like a bigger picture it is 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 like helping and supporting women to to feel calmer happier more confident safer all these different things so they can i guess step into step into their voices and step into to what they're they're meant to be doing yeah Uh, one of the the nicest sort of quotes that i saw when i first had my little boy was you were somebody before you became a mum and that person still matters and she always will do and that has stuck in my head ever since and i'll never you know i'll never sort of forget that it's stuck in my head because that person does matter whether you want to be a high flyer or whether you just want to create some space in your life to do the hobby that you love that makes you creative and that makes you maybe makes you a more balanced mum yeah amazing I love that thank you Heather thanks so much I've really enjoyed this conversation and I will see you very soon So that's this week's episode done. I really hope you've enjoyed it and it's helped you in some small way. I listen to loads of podcasts and I've learned so much along my journey and now know I'm a real auditory learner. And if you're the same and you're often inspired by listening to thought-provoking conversations, please don't underestimate the power in sharing it to ensure other people can also be inspired. Not only does this help your friends, but it also lets the host know how beneficial the episode has been to them. It's such a quick thing to recommend a podcast on your social media, but it means the world to us and helps more like-minded people join in the conversation. So simply screenshot your phone and share the image of this podcast by text or on your social media to someone you think who needs to hear it. And the power of a recommendation really does work and creates a ripple effect for all those involved. Also, I've got a Facebook group called the Ambitious Mums Wellbeing and Lifestyle Chat. And my aim is to create a safe space to discuss any of the topics that have been mentioned in the episodes moving forwards. I'd really love to see you there. Thank you so much for listening and see you back here for the next episode. Mm-hmm.